Hello, everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and joining us this week, Michael Huber. Yo. Ben Moore. Hey. Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And making this all happen, Ian Hink. Hi. Let's visit the Desire Index, which has changed a lot since the last time you saw it, Huber. Yeah, let me hear it. I'll give you the top five. Last of Us number one? No, dude. Last of Us. (laughs) What a throw. Last of Us is number three. It's worse than you thought. Okay. Number one is Cyberpunk 2077. You can't complain about that. Number two is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Fair enough. And then Last of Us Part Two finds itself in number three. Okay. Beneath that, Doom Eternal. Hey. Beneath that, Luigi's Mansion 3. I like it. Uh, um, Can we we make like proposals for things? Uh, Not unless there's a new trailer. We can't move anything unless there, a new trailer there are new, new previews, which include new footage. If it has new information, yes. Yes, yes. You've learned something about Doom. I ha- not Doom. Oh. Astral Chain. I think Astral Chain deserves to be you up there more. You can't make proposals because that's what, that's what the comments do. That's what the patrons pay for. I'm just saying You're it should be the on scene. there. You're playing the scene. Why does this got to be complicated? All right, so uh, this week's proposal comes from Bino. Astral Chain. Because I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming out relatively soon, August 30th. So I think <laughs> since you're having the ally who will make the best case for it, namely Ben Moore, on yeah. this week, this is the perfect opportunity to decide its placement. All right, Ben, where does Astral Chain fit? I assume you want it in top five. I do. I want it in top five. I think if I if I get it in top five with the allies, that's a miracle. Okay. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, just, just because I don't, I think I'm the only one that's like really amped on it. At least that's what I've been able to tell. That might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, but I was watching a g- good old game explain. Oh, nice. They had hands on time with Astral Chain, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of video game coverage. I can kind of tell how it goes. It's just like, okay, I'm going to talk about these new features. This was what it was like to play. Blah blah blah. This is what I didn't like. It's not very often that you get people that are giddy. And it feels super genuine and passionate. And like these guys were like, I I wanted to take this home with me. I I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but it was like they they're just really excited about. And I encourage people to go watch that preview because it made me more excited. And they talked about the combat and how interesting it was in the sense that there was a lot of depth and there were even things like 3D platforming, but there was no jump button and how you have to use this living weapon that you have. You kind of have to like whip it across to in order to do navigation. And they were like, there was a lot to explore, which I was not expecting. And so a guy was saying like, hey, you know, in Bayonetta, like, yeah, you can explore a little bit, but it's basically just essentially a pause in between fights. You really wouldn't, what you're doing is a sequence of fights or a level. And that's not how Astral Chain felt. Astral Chain felt like there was a lot to see to the point where they like kept going after secrets. And the, the demo guy had to be like, okay, you found a secret, but we can't, you can't do that right now uh, during the Sands on Time. And so I think keeping that platinum combat, and they had nothing but praise for the combat, keeping that level of high quality but expanding the game in a little bit in a way that makes sense and maybe makes it more exciting for people who aren't just there for the combat i think i think this game is going to blow up i think this game is going to review very well so previously on this podcast our primary criticism ben Mm -hmm. is that you have to play this game as good cops oh this is the cop game kyle that sounds so whack i don't even know how to respond to it (laughs) are are the main characters just good people 
I have. I. I don't know. I like. I, I'm. I don't think we're at a point in our under like I without hands on time and really being able to like listen to lines of dialogue being uh, played out. I can't yeah. say like you know. I, I don't think good cop is inherently bad. I think you can have a good cop that is interesting. I don't think it is right with what we know in the game to be like, because you play as a good cop, it'll be boring. Yeah, it's just, if this game was starring two bad boys who also have stand robots, like, it'd be number one on the Desire Index. But who knows? Okay, so, I mean, if if we're going to be this hypothetical about y- it, yes, it's a platinum game. Mm-hmm. Like, literally anything could happen. Yes. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is off limits, and so these squeaky clean, you know, good cops that you're you're worried about, they could come become bad boys by like chapter five. Very true. There's the potential of bad boys. There's there's potential of of like anime bad boys. Any any game where we start off as a good guy, or like a good cop with a good organization, the organization turns out bad. Yeah, they're sketchy. Almost every single yeah. time. Yeah. So I have to believe our organization is behind some grander evil. I mean, we're I enslaving so. living creatures and like making them fight alongside of us. Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're robots. Gonna question it. They're going to question they're not their robots. Job. Are they not robots? They're like demons. They're like ghosts. Or, yeah. Yeah. They're they're like living weapons. I don't remember the exact terminology. I did know it at one point, but I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact term for them. But they are like living beings. They're not robots, to my understanding. Uh, I do feel misunderstood. A lot of people point to the hidden toilets and say, Kyle, you will love this game because there are hidden toilets. Mm-hmm. I love bathrooms. Yeah. I don't love toilets. You know what I mean? It's like they're gross. I mean, Kyle, they, I think, they include I think, all kinds of different toilets. I'm pretty sure. There's, there's, like, there's, there's a hidden just, bathroom? There's not just one type of toilet. I think they're all like porta potties, man. I think I they're don't all like. I think so. Okay. I think the process of understanding people, Kyle, is yeah. hard. Yes. And so I think when they point out that bathroom, you know, saying I like video game bathrooms, that's not that's not maybe the easiest thing to understand. It's not that yeah. it's bad. And so they're they're trying to understand you and form a connection. But they just think flawed. like, oh, this must be some guy who loves toilets. Is I just like, what do you think of me? What I, kind of person do you think I am? It's kind of like like looking at Astral Chain and being like, those good, good cops. cops. Good yeah. cops. Yeah. Ben, realistically, where Legion. are we? Legion. I think Ooh. is what the yeah. ghost machines it's are called. It's a special type of living weapon. Look at yeah. that dude, Protoss. It does look very Protoss. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben, realistically, where are we placing this in our top five? Is it above yeah. Doom? So this is hard because uh, mm, I love both these things very much, but I, I've, yeah. played, I've played Doom Eternal, and these are games where how they feel is going to matter a lot to me. Definitely. And, uh, I and, think both. And I have, I have total confidence that Astral Chain is going to feel amazing, but I do not have the firsthand experience to back that up. Just because they've been weird about previewing Astral Strain, yeah. Chain, which has been a little bit frustrating, but it's okay. Game Explain so got to do I, I don't, it. I don't think I well, could... Well, there is a Comic-Con. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I could um, confidently say it deserves to be above Doom Eternal, but I, I think... Even having played Luigi's Mansion three, I would personally probably put it above Luigi's Mansion. 3. Blood's nodding. Yeah, I think it's. You fair. think it fits right in between Doom and Lu- Luigi's? Yeah. Huber. Oh wait, Doom Feel is free. Doom is six? No, Doom is four. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine. Feel this, free. This would be our new number five. Okay, there it is. We're locking it in. Everyone who is, and Astral Chain was our most demanded addition, actually. Huh. More people want this added than anything else. Is so, there so, an c- Abyssal Chain as well? Is that a game? There's um, Cause I keep what is the Ace Team game? 
Astral Chain, Abyssal Chain, Code Vein. I get all these games confused, mm -hmm. man. God Eater, like they're all just one game to me. I, I Abyssal can't. Chain Those are all is in Darksiders. Very, yeah. very different. Games. I don't know, man. <laughs> when I think of Abyssal Chain, I can't. I only think of like, when you said the cops. Yes. It's the only thing I take away from this game. It's the only thing I know about it. Yeah. So, so Kyle, I uh, don't watch episodes of the podcast that I'm not on. I'm not just. Not it's not a personal offense. Yeah. Um. It's just. I. But I do look at the comments sometimes, and yeah. I've I've seen the comments. It's kind of funny to like read the comments and try to think of like how you guys talk about Astral Chain. Yeah. Because some people act like you guys just took a crap on it, which is hard to. I, it just doesn't seem like something you do. Last week, Damiani said like anyone who thinks that looks interesting is probably stupid. <laughs> And but he made a really good case for it. Okay. I don't you'd, believe you'd that have he to said that. that. So he made a really good case for it, and now I'm kind of convinced it's true. Uh, but on the other hand, today you've convinced me that it at least should be number five in our desire index. Is this what happens when <laughs> you're not on the podcast? You just say like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> Huber said this." Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's do corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Uh, you can you, blood. You can play co-op through the entirety of Luigi's Mansion 3 as Guigi. Nice. Go nuts, I thought apparently. they said that. Well, I mean, I assume you have to unlock it first, the ability, right? Sure, there's probably some part of the intro that you're not able... Well, you have to get Guigi first. Yeah, yeah so yeah. now I believe Guigi's probably like a really early unlock, and then you and your buddy just goo around. That's nice. pretty cool. Um, scare scraper mode is a whole other thing, so that does still exist, the, like the competitive multiplayer mode. Um... Tengen Topa Gurren Lagen is the title. Damiani got that one very wrong. Uh, despite how critical he is of everyone else being stupid, he gets a lot wrong himself. Uh, in fact, Teppin <laughs> means top as in the top of something. Teppin! You know what I mean? So okay. it's like, I'm the best. I'm, I'm, I'm on the top. Uh, you can definitely already <laughs> share accounts on the Switch. Switch has already let you do that. You okay. just kind of like select your yeah. I was, and... I was reading about it after I saw some of the corrections and like it's like okay. So you would, I, I guess theoretically you would have your docked switch yeah. as the one that would have to connect to the internet and, and check off on things and then your switch light to be your primary, so you don't have to worry about that. I guess that would the light would be your primary. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, this is just kind of a bummer update. Uh, Snatcher on the TurboGrafx 16 Mini is in Japanese. That's not gonna be in English. Yeah, That's maybe really they'll patch disappointing. It or sure, because they they did remember they did that patch with the Konami or uh, the Castlevania uh, collection where they added uh, the Japanese versions of the games. This is a little physical console, dude. Sure. Yeah. That thing's yeah. not getting patched. Mm -hmm. I, police knots, man. English. Let's go. I'm a little yeah. bit surprised with somebody will fan patch it though. The the, the flood of re-releases that a simple. Kind of like a collection of Mana style, where it's like, hey, we put this in English, and here it is. I, I, I could imagine that generating a lot of excitement for people. Yep. Especially in the absence of a new Metal Gear game. Mm -hmm. Missed yeah. opportunity. And correction. Music, please. Though you're right, they could just put Snatcher on the consoles, as they just did all their recent re-releases. I'm playing Sympathy in a Night right now. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. baby. It's a good time. Isn't that cool? I think it's just like, hey, buy this on PS4. I'm like, all right, okay. Did you play yeah. Bloodstained? Best game ever. Yep. That's yeah. what I got the, the thirst, dude. Nice. You know what's the yeah. best about Symphony of the Night is like before that 360 version, like tracking down a PS1 copy of Symphony of the Night, not to mention like a Saturn version, like you just couldn't, you just, it's out of reach. What? I love stuff like this. It's yeah. very expensive. It's, it's very funny because it was even yeah. got, it got a greatest hits for release. That's funny. I, mean, I, I, don't even I have it on PS3 digital. I mean, yeah. PS1 classic. I guess I have to like use my own actual evidence here, but like I just, 
I wanted a copy of it, and it was it was hard to track yeah. down. No, it, it, it's one of those things that's funny when it comes to that sort of thing is because, you know, like, a lot of my GameCube games are like, oh, this is worth a lot of money. I'm like, really? Okay. Like, yeah. I just okay. Didn't even, yeah. I yeah, well, I haven't been paying attention because I already got it when it came yeah. out, so I've been watching, like, what it would cost to buy. And instead of uh, putting those cool games on the Switch, they're like, hey, man, how about Wrecking Crew? Oh. I tried it, Ben. Yeah. I tried 20, Why? Uh, maybe 20 seconds of Wrecking Crew before yeah. I gave up on it. Yeah. And Donkey Kong 3, maybe 40 seconds. <laughs> the, bug, the bug guy? The bug game. What a miserable, <laughs> stupid idea. This is Donkey Kong 3. What if he's just climbing up? A, oh, man. It just makes me mad. It makes me so mad. <laughs> What were they? Th- what was your design document? I don't know. You just puff up some bug smoke. Like what? What? This is a Donkey Kong game. Oh. With things like like Wrecking Crew and Urban Champion. <laughs> yeah. They've like released those games multiple times. Yeah. And I don't want to play them. Yeah. Release the things that people want to play. And we know they. We know Super Nintendo's coming. We know it's in their plans, and they're just holding off until the last possible moment. Okay, it's June. It's June of 2019. Uh, it is still we're still in these months after E3 when things are a little uh, a little dry. They don't feel dry to me. That's a that sounds crazy to me. Newswise, newswise. Okay, All you right. know what I mean. Nobody's making an announcement three weeks after E3. Why didn't you just save it for E3? Gotcha. Uh, so we're leading with the NPDs this week. Oh yeah, nice. We're we're starting to kicking off with then. the NPDs. They've been spoiled by Huber. I was on uh, Friend Code. Yep, I know them all. Nice thing is we go live before friend code. That's, baby. What, that's what Damiani was saying. Yep, gotcha. But I won't. I won't cheat. Well, no. Tell me what number one was for June of 2019. I'll give them a chance. What okay. do you think number one was? It was a new release. June. New no, release. June yes. It's an obvious one. I didn't get it. I was bummed. Brad and and I didn't get it. And it's staring you. There right were two in the face. big releases, and they're bo- they're one number one, and number two. Yeah. Releases of June. Mario Maker 2? Yes! There we go. Mario Maker 2 is number one. (laughs) Yeah, baby. As always, keep that in mind that there's no digital included with NPDs. That's awesome. Or Nintendo's digital, right? Right, right, right. people have digital. Exactly. We rightfully look like idiots when we don't know that, but but it messes you up so much because, like, the way that we have to work, we're not playing on a traditional release schedule mm-hmm. like yeah. sometimes we get things very last minute sometimes we don't get them at all sometimes we get them way early and so it, it like really messes with your brain like when did that yeah. come out i feel it felt like the last week that it came out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i just like but concept of time has yeah. been destroyed so i think that's pretty cool it's pretty cool that uh it's what i always hoped for a super mario maker it, you know it was trapped on wii u for a while uh it was a very successful wii u game relatively right but yeah. i mean this is the most successful uh launch for a mario maker game uh, uh, because there was one on 3DS that I forgot about until right. Matt yeah. Bis- Biscatella's tweets. Um, and so I think that's kind of funny. But anyway, yeah, uh, good for Mario Maker, doing it without digital, doing it, I think, pretty late into June. Uh, big, But uh, again, you know, these are the summer months where you, from, competition from is reading his stiff. tweets, do you think Piscatello is like a Nintendo fan, or is he just really excited that they're doing so well right now on the market? He loves sales. He loves he's people. He's a fan of sales. He's a fan, uh, yeah, of success. I think I think he's a fan of success. Like even like Blood last year when it was just like accessories, he was going wild because okay. of how well accessories were doing. So awesome! <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'd love I'd love taking him to like a like a dinner party where you don't you're just acquaintances with the people, mm-hmm. and like somebody comes up to you like, "Hey man, like what? I don't know how to get this guy to open up." Talk about sales. Yeah. I truly think talk, hardware talk about, sales. Oh, yeah. talk, 
Talk about those accessories. Whatever. Yeah, or baseball. If you like, Huber would hit it off immediately with Piscatello. Yep. If the if the sales stuff doesn't work, if it's like, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, how about baseball, buddy? <laughs> They'd be going wild. Uh, at Matt Piscatello with one T and Matt, uh, worth following. He had just like anytime NPDs come out, he's got like just a series of tweets that give you all the information you would ever need. What's number two? What was the second? best-selling game in the U.S. for June, uh, also a new release that month. This game was announced in December at the Game Awards. <clears throat> mm. It's a big one. We played it. I'm sure. We did play it I'm on stream. Sure <laughs> we played it. Th- this game was announced by a costumed character. Oh, Crash Team Racing. Yes, Crash oh. Team Racing. Crash Team Racing. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled number two. I think it's it's cool to see that do well. They're on a streak with those, man. Yes. Uh, The thing is, Blood, they're kind of out. Oh, sure. I think the next game's a new game. Did you hear the cool stat about it? What's the cool stat? The, like, highest, fastest-selling crash game of all time. No, I didn't Damiani was saying. Yeah. Wow. Within, like, a certain window. Yeah. Like, the number one. I actually... It beat out Insane Trilogy, because that had the lead when that one came out. Yeah, totally, right. (laughs) And now that beat that. I think if they do a new game, they mm-hmm. have done it in the like best possible way they could have. Mm-hmm. Where like if they had done it right after Insane Trilogy, I think it still would have done well, and there would have been goodwill built up from Insane Trilogy. But the fact that they've had this triple threat of like Activision putting out Insane Trilogy, Reignited, and now Nitro Fueled, like there's like no doubt anymore. And I think that yeah. you're going into a new Crash game or new Spire game or whatever it ends up being, like. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to play it. And I, I, I don't know. I think there would have been some doubt before. Yeah. It's uh, like the Star Wars re-releases that happened in 97 before the prequels. You know, it's just like getting this new generation pumped. Right. Mm-hmm. And what, I thought, what, something I really like that they did with this game in particular is modernizing it. Uh, so Crash Team Racing as it was is totally in this game. You can totally play through the adventure mode as it was. Uh, but... They added like strange little incentives to win races, to unlock skins, to unlock parts of cars. Uh, and so that's sort of the modernization of it. Uh, it's got a store that's like Fortnite. Even though you can't buy currency, it does have rotating things that come in and out of the store. Uh, and so I, I think they did a great job of incentivizing online play of, of their season passes even. Now, what are they called? Battle passes. Battle pass. There, there's a battle pass, oh seasonal gosh. battle passes in Crash Team Racing. It actually worked on me because I, I didn't really have any interest in playing that game online. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, this is, it's a daily goal. Mm. Throw in an online match. Mm, you don't have to win. Fill up that meter of goo, right? Yeah, like fill you up get, that meter of goo. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird, and, and it just yeah. works. It's it's it cool works. to see a free battle pass, and it's cool, I think. Um, I don't I don't see any negative to it. Like, if you're just like, well, the game was perfect as it was, it's still there. Like, Crash Team Racing as it was is totally still in this game. And so it's just everything on top of it. I'm pretty impressed with mm-hmm. this game's design, really. Cool to see it successful. Number three, what was that, Huber? Do you remember? Is this an older one? This is an older one. It's, it's. I know GTA Five was there. I'll give you a hint. Because <laughs> always is. This is. Oh, I know this one. Okay, what? This is a Ben Moore joint. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's number three. All right. I know it's massive this year. Yeah, it's a massive game this year. Mortal Kombat. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More, number Mortal Kombat threat number three. Uh, Can we it, give the stat about that right now? Yeah, I'm curious if you remember this. Uh, highest selling game of 2019, Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is oh. still number one of 2019. Is that it's crazy. It is Mortal crazy. Kombat 11. Yeah. I'm very surprised by that. Yeah. Number wow. one. Oh, I mean, Mortal Kombat X like <laughs> sold 
a ridiculous amount. Like yeah. the the love for Mortal Kombat is high, and it's nice to see like you know because they had kind of a release funk, I guess is a way to describe it. But they seem pretty well out of that. Like Chang Sung, like just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 excitement around the new characters, I guess, seems pretty high, and now they're going into Evo, so cool. Uh, there are two Mortal Kombat games that have sold more than Mortal Kombat 11. What are those? Mortal Probably. Kombat X and Mortal Kombat 9. Mortal De- Kombat X is one of them. And uh, the next one Deadly will, Alliance. It, the next one will surprise you. It's Deadly not, Alliance. It's not Deadly Alliance. Deception. Two. Nope. nope. Armageddon. No. Okay, one. Mortal Kombat versus DC. No. Oh, Injustice 2. No. No. That doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. I was shocked by this. Mortal Kombat 3. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really That's though? shocking. That's shocking. Maybe because it was released so many times, it was like yeah. mid trilogy and all it's that. Like right maybe, around yeah. that cross gen. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like, and you know, I was, this was when I was a child. But like, I was like, oh, I want to play Mortal Kombat, and my options were like Mortal Kombat trilogy. And so I wonder if it's a consequence sure. of that. I would have sworn it was two. I would have I mean, sworn trilogy wouldn't yeah. have counted for three sales, but. Um, but yeah, I think they probably it would had be a, its own game. You think? I think there's probably a standalone on PlayStation, if I'm correct. I think there's gold. I think they had three gold at one point. Yeah, <laughs> four gold. Four gold was on like Dreamcast. Trying to remember like MK the gold. way different versions of old fighting games released mm-hmm. and like how yeah. PS One drives me insane. MK Three was definitely on PS One. Yeah, uh, that's all I remember. So that Super Nintendo and Genesis for yeah. sure. And Saturn probably wouldn't have contributed too much to it. Jeez. Um, and then 4 was on Dreamcast and N64? Yeah. yeah. 4 was on N64? I knew yeah. it was on Dreamcast. Because I think 4 Gold was on Dreamcast. Ben, yeah. you got to see the N64 cutscenes, yeah. dude. They're so Oh, funny. I, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they're just... Are you talking about, like, the Jax cutscene? The one that's like, <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you remembered GTA 5, number 4. Always number f- there. Number 5, Minecraft. I don't know, dude. Always there. I don't know. <laughs> No idea at this point. Uh, Smash Bros. number six. <laughs> Spider-Man back in the top ten. Nice. Uh, became the best-selling s- superhero game in the U.S. of all time. I wonder, wow. so, like, PewDiePie, for instance, has been doing a lot of Minecraft videos. I wonder I wonder if that moves the needle at all, just somebody of, like, that scale. Didn't he? I, think, I feel like he got skate on the top ten at one point, or at least top 20. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I know he was, like, doing some... Huh. You know, skate four jokes. So. I legitimately thought that Minecraft was on its way out, but like it just keeps peeping back for up. Sure. It just keeps peeping up. I think that like yeah, the the YouTube scene for Minecraft like has not gone down. I was seeing like some some stats and like videos three days ago have fifty million views and it's just like Jeez. that's just like happening for yeah. for the people who do that. I think I saw Mari do one just like the other day too. Oh. Remember Mari from yeah. uh, Smosh Games? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She's still doing Minecraft mm, stuff. Do I? You do. <laughs> okay. You do. Okay. You, do. <laughs> uh, you definitely do. Yeah, so I guess because of the release of uh, Fall From Home, uh, Spider-Man. Yep, that's what I was saying. Peaked back in there. Yep. Number 10's my favorite. Let's get there. Okay, so number 8, NBA 2K19, Huber's other favorite. Number 9, <laughs> Mario Kart 8. I realize, man, I need Mario to get back Kart. onto the NBA 2K reviews because I think 2K19 was like number two or three selling of 2019. Man, Mario Kart... That whole time. Yeah. Mario Kart and Grand Theft Auto are not video games. They're just... Same with NBA. Same with NBA 2K. They're just these institutions. They're phenomena. Yep. Uh, What's number 10? What was your favorite? On the list. 
Days Gone. Still in the top ten. That's good. That really really gets me so high. That is really good. Like, no better example of just like, yeah, I didn't really hear good things, but I'll give it a shot. Oh, like, some people like it, some people don't. Like, I feel like everyone who gave that game a chance walked away pumped. Yeah, I think I think there were a lot of I think it had pretty decent word of mouth depending mm-hmm. on where you looked. Yeah. Um I think it came out at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think it is in the right genre of game to that appeals to a very wide amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it feels good to be Sony Band. I bet it feels great really, to be Sony Band. I was looking today, man. The Metacritic is a seventy one. Tell me about and it. It just seems so it just seems so low for that game. It's not man. right, dude. They were it's, hard on it, man. That game is so good. I think I just, those reviewers got to go back and visit those reviews again. Days, pump them back up. Days I wonder, gone. I wonder, it sounded like it's a game that's too long, but I wonder if the, I haven't got to play myself. A little yet. too long, sure, sure. I wonder I will, if the, I will go with that. I wonder if the disconnect is like the people that are buying this game are probably not playing as many games and open world games as reviewers are, maybe sure. in some instances, and so less fatigue. Yeah, the, you just. Maybe the, a lot of the audience has less fatigue, and so it's not as I don't know. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm just interested in, what, to know why. Really good perspective. Uh, it's a, like a funny point. Like uh, too long works in a review <laughs> doesn't work against sales. There's no sales basis for saying if a game is too long, it will sell worse. Yeah. Right. All too long games just sell great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean because right. we know people don't finish games anyways. Right. Yeah. So just you just play look at the trophy board. list and yeah. see how, what the percentage. is. A lot is. of people are just looking for a good weekend, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hubert, do you remember what? Do you remember what's number two of twenty nineteen? Two of twenty nine. It was something. It's, it's a game that came out this year. Big game. Uh, Bubsy: Revenge of the Woolies. No, was, was it MK? Was it MK? Is that even the title of this game? Not even the top ten. Was it MK? MK is number one. You number already one, told that's us right, that. that's right. That's right. Yeah. So number two would obviously be Mario Maker. No. Minecraft. When oh, it came you out. Walk away. Kingdom yes. Hearts. It is Kingdom oh. Hearts 3 is number 2 for the year. Awesome. Culmination. What is the best-selling game in, game in the Kingdom Hearts franchise? It's got to be 3. It's 3. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be 3. Already though. I'm I'm a little floored by that. I'll be I'll mm-hmm. be straight up honest with you because Kingdom Hearts 3 was an event. I'm just Yeah. I'm not surprised in the least anymore in in the last couple years when games are like, "Oh, it's the number one selling game in the franchise." Cuz I feel like that just keeps happening over and over cuz people have there's just so many consoles, so many ways to get the game. I think there are a lot of comparisons you can make between Avengers Endgame and Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, I think I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's just one of these things that, like, not only did you have people waiting mm-hmm. this long for Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> and getting tired of the, you know, non-sequels coming around, yeah, but throughout that time, because of all those things, because of all the remasters and all the re-releases, like, that audience just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and so then what's Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like, we're all here at the same time. Yep. Yeah, the that best. is really interesting. I like myself included. Um, I, it was it was always interesting. Like before Kingdom Hearts three came out, and I would see, you know, at, at least like one or two people like catching up, playing yep. one point five, two point five. Took me years, so. but just in time, dude. Yeah. Got caught up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, just like we just talked about Mortal Kombat three still being one of the best Mortal Kombat selling. Yeah, that sh- like, that shocks me. And so yeah, it, it, I guess I guess that is really the outlier as opposed yeah. to Kingdom Hearts be, being the best selling Kingdom Hearts game. Gosh, 
really wild to me though. It's cool. That, hey, I mean, you know, six months in, it's it's already yeah. there. But I it, just I think in a weird way, it is it's, it is because they they kept it alive, so to speak, right? So true. Like yeah. the there were continually cultivating new fans. Like it, like Kingdom Hearts two came after Kingdom Hearts one, but like when Kingdom Hearts two came out, like it wasn't that big. Like it was big, but. I don't feel like it was this. No, it was only this. like a year or two later, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel it like it still felt like kind of kind of like a cult classic when it when it first came out. I don't know. I feel like um, when we look at developers and and like how well they succeeded this generation, I think like NetherRealm has to be at the top of the list mm-hmm. in terms of of people that just like had successive games that hit really hard and sold really well and appealed to a very wide audience in a genre that typically doesn't. I don't know. They make a lot of mistakes, but they, they just do. sell like crazy. Yeah. Well, they, they make a lot of mistakes, but they're pushing in areas that other people aren't pushing in or, or, or succeeding better in areas that other people aren't succeeding in. So, uh, <laughs> Dude, the Mortal Kombat 11 music is really good. Hmm. It is pretty good. I, I like it I look, There's some cool like choices. The main menu for sure. theme I really like. Goro's Lair is my favorite song. I got a little annoyed. They sent me, uh, like, what I thought was, they. I thought they sent me the, the soundtrack. Yeah. And then I went and clicked on it, and like, it ended up just being a PDF of, like, the track list <laughs> for the soundtrack. <laughs> what a tease. Yeah, <laughs> <of> the track <laughs> What's That's your really name? Funny. Uh, Chronestra? Chronica. Chronica, yeah. Uh, her theme's really good. Yeah. Um, all right, so number three is Division Two. I think that should be expected as mm. well. Number four is Anthem. Just like, hey, if you have enough marketing wow. dollars, you're going to get yeah. a top Anthem. Watch Dogs <laughs> one situation with Anthem. Yeah. Just so hyped pre-release. Everyone bought into it. Everyone bought it. And then just dropped it. Yep. Okay. Anthem feels like it came out three years ago. It really does. I yeah. mean that. Like, mm-hmm. As I was scouring for headlines, I saw one on Game Informer that just said, like, uh, Anthem's the Cataclysm is coming soon. Coming out. Yep. Will it bring anybody back? And I just like, I bet nobody's clicking on this article, man. Like, <laughs> did you click? Right, right, okay, yeah. great. I was like, what's going on in Anthem? <laughs> Let me know. Let's hear it. I well, guess, what's yeah. happening? What's going on? The Cataclysm event is coming. There's going to be a few <laughs> more quests. They're having like a... It's like... They're having a pre-Cataclysm event to like have hype for it. Mm. So it's like this two-week period like pre-launch cataclysm event like yeah. just trying to like build it up and, and hype it up but you know all the comments aside from like the hey, hey, people still play this there were like right. some constructive comments of like hey you know like i you guys just you took a little too long on this like sounds pretty cool but i've just moved on like that was the general yeah consensus yeah, I wonder what the the time period is between like being super burned down in the game and yeah. how long you're willing to give it before you're you're just like not personal but just never again. Yeah. Like I wonder I wonder what the time frame is like in a, in a general mm-hmm. sense. Probably depends too what what's like in your backlog at the time. Like right. I, got, I, got, I moved on. Well, and the other thing is is like it just doesn't feel like there at least for me there are any dry periods. So it's like. If there was a three months right period, I had nothing to play or nothing that I wanted to play. I'd be like, "Well, I might check out Anthem," but it's like, <laughs> and in a weird way, I think it, it, it's normally to a game's advantage that you can play with friends. But I think with Anthem, it's you have to convince your friends to come back too. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> when you play Anthem with your friends, you just complain about Anthem, yeah. <laughs> which is a really interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, uh, what's interesting is. Uh, 
like other games like No Man's Sky or Sea of Thieves that had like little renaissances after a big failure of a launch. Yeah, it could happen. Like, I think that the messaging and scale of your of your fixes is really important, but also like the market space. Like, yeah, like No Man's Sky is unique in a lot of ways. S- certainly, uh, uh, Sea of Thieves is. Like, if you want to play Anthem, just play Destiny Two. Yeah. Like, and I think that they're not going to get over that hurdle. Like, even if they went back to the drawing board like crazy, you know? It's kind of a bummer. I completely agree with Adian. Yeah. Destiny for sure, but the expansion I know is coming out, that's going to be like 40 bucks. But at the same time, it's going to be a really lot of cool stuff for Destiny. Your friends will be playing it. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest part. Yeah, and from what I understand, it's it's more it's a way smaller crew working on Anthem. It's I Man, I do not envy that position at Here's all. Here's a question for you, though, Kyle. Give it to me. Number four game. Mm-hmm. Is Anthem a success? No. No. I think EA has outright said, like, we're not happy with Anthem right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even no, even at number four. Even though. at number four. That's what's wow. crazy is because, like, that number of sales isn't enough for yeah. the investment they put into it. Yeah, they have, And like, you have to imagine the drop-off is just crazy. Well, it's crazy, too. You look at that, right? Number four on the list. Yeah. yeah. Is Resident Evil 2 on this list? It's, not, it's next, actually. I was going to ask you number that. Number five. Yes. You look at the differences of, like, hype there. Yeah. Just the reception and, and like, you know, Resident Evil 2 it had a little bit of DLC, but, like, for a couple months, everyone was just, you know, all about Resident Evil 2, and then Anthem was, like, oh, oh I wonder if it's yeah. just one of those things where, like we were saying, like, it is, you have to get your friends in on it, and so, like, there are a lot of people that were excited enough to convince their friends or to so. maybe buy their friends an extra or something. I've done that to Brad over the years so yeah. many times, <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Well, and also, like, EA, they they were accounting for Anthem to be an ongoing moneymaker, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. A good opening probably. week is not going to do it. True. Whereas with Resident Evil 2, they just need that, you that know, initial pure sales, and they're great, yeah. I, I yeah. do feel like this generation has instilled something in me that I didn't have in quite the same way, and it's not exclusive to this generation. Like, you can you can make this case for, like, other genres, um, with like MMOs in the past or something, but it's... Everything seems like it needs a buy-in now. Like, it's like, hey, we're making this game, and here's our roadmap. And when when you just have so many of those that just, like, blow up and fail, it's hard to get more excited about the the next one or, like, be like, oh, I'm going to play that for a year. You know what I did, though? What did you, what did you do? So I'm with you on that. It's, like, less exciting to get back into those games, like, in the future. Yeah. So I went back. Path of Exile, Ben. Yeah. I started playing, but that, but that's, there's like no BS now because the games are not for so long, right? So they have their events, and it's just like, yo, Path of Exile, free to play, hop in, have fun, cool. I think that mentality is a little bit different though, where it's like Path of Exile is an established success, yeah. and so you you have this like trust of it. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I mean is, I feel like in the past, and this could just be my mind playing tricks on me, the idea that a developer would come out and say like, hey, we're gonna support this game for a year. Look at how much this is gonna change. Like that would just the way that they would talk about it mm-hmm. would fill you with excitement and hope and be like, oh, man, it's crazy that you can do this to a video game now. And in the current landscape, it's the exact opposite, where, like, as soon as you hear the ro- word roadmap, you're like, oh, boy, here we what go. What is it going to be like at launch? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I feel like uh, it has changed a little bit, and you're, you're kind of leery uh, of the longevity of things. Well, the, and the argument, which... I'm I'm not really a fan of, but uh, but the argument that you're buying an incomplete game, essentially. No, but I mean, like, you are a lot of times. Like, a lot of these games are incomplete. 
Like it's 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 super naked, and they may never come out and say this. I, mean, I think Anthem game. is the best example of that. But there sure. are also plenty of games that like have the roadmap uh, ideal, and they're perfectly fine when they come out too. I was um, I was yeah, speaking, it's a case by case thing. I was speaking with a friend of mine about why this happens because he was telling me a story about a, a different developer who was having issues where like their publisher was like we got to get this thing out and they're like it's not done it's gonna suck and the publisher's like we need to get it out Mm -hmm. and i was like why does anyone ever do that and he was saying like well you know shareholders like to them like a bad fiscal year looks really bad and it's really bad for the company and all this kind of stuff you know and it's just like such a different mentality than like you know because like realistically if it weren't panic driven like uh quality content every couple of years w- is better in the long run, you know? Yeah. But, like, it just doesn't work that way. And, like, that was a really scary kind of yeah, it's depressing. discussion. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. It was weird. Also, I just got an idea for, like, a sketch or something. Okay. Uh, Pitch it. I want to – I want – well, shoot, we can just do it. But um, I'll just do it for an easy update maybe. But, like – Okay, pocket it. A company – well, just a company doing a roadmap, but it's, like, brutally honest – where, like, the roadmap is like, here's the release. Here's when you all realize this game isn't really living up to what we advertised it to be. Here's the panic stage. Here's where we come back to the drawing board and it just doesn't work, you know? Like, here's the Polygon article. Here's the Polygon <laughs> article. Here's we where we turn it into a battle royale. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work. Here's where we come back to free-to-play. Here's yeah. where we joke about it on an E3 stage. Yeah. <laughs> Garnering no goodwill. Uh, hey, it works. I'll contact Gus Johnson. And we'll Shoot move. it. We do have bad news with the NPDs. Oh. Shit. So, uh, software sales up. Uh, we're at 2.6 instead of 2.5 year to date, ending in June. Uh, at, at the end of June, I mean. However, hardware sales down. Yeah, of course they already. are. Yeah. Yeah, that already makes sense. Of course. Got them all. Of course. I mean, the next generation is looming. Yeah. Like, do you, do you really want to buy in on a, on a console now when you can just wait? And it is it is the PS4 and the Xbox One hurting the most. Yeah. Uh, Switch is still defeating both of those. Uh, and so yeah, it is it is those two suffering. Misleading. More. Why? Switch is catching up. It's <laughs> a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Switch is catching up to the PS4 yep. and Xbox there One. It is. Yep. Despite launching four years later, it's, it's yep. It's, getting there. <laughs> it's got a long way to go. <laughs> Misleading. Uh, it did pass <laughs> PS4 in Japan, though, right? I, uh, I thought I saw that. Oh, brutal. Gotcha. Uh, last headline I remember is Wii U. That it, it passed Wii U pretty quickly, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, PS4 in Japan. I, I, I could be wrong. On I that. would so love... check me on that one, but... You were to be in like a, a, a shareholder <laughs> meeting and like that news is delivered in the way that you would expect. It'd be like, ah, we have surpassed the PlayStation 4 in Japan. Just some random suit goes, gotcha! gotcha! <laughs> it was Doug Bowser, man. <laughs> Here's a special chair. He just leans back and says, gotcha. Um, uh, so yeah, I, w- I was like... I was under the presumption that this was going to be the year of the PlayStation 5 for a long time. Um, And I think that this is right. We're in this period where, you know, it was like, why would they? That'd be stupid. Like, they're breaking records every year. And, like, we hit it. We hit where they're not breaking the record anymore. They have slowed down. And so it is scary to think that there's another uh, 16 months of lower hardware sales ahead of the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Uh, Yes. As of May, the Switch has sold more than PS4 in Japan. Wow. Yeah. Gotcha. 
I think they have to. I mean, with no presence at E3, they have to know what they're doing, and like they they must have a plan in place. But like, yeah, it's gonna dip. Yeah, I mean, you you can only put out so many special edition consoles to try to get people to double dip and all that stuff. That Death Stranding uh, special edition console. Yeah, man, it's It's still a weird strategy. I mean, obviously it has to work, but it's just such a strange thing to me to like. The person that wants to buy this doesn't have a PS4 yet? Like, yeah. Collectors. Bet. Bet. Will the PlayStation 4 edition of Death Stranding look gross? No, it's going to look really clean. All right. I, I say gross. Okay. I hope it's, like, intentionally okay. gross. Like, it has, like, strands of weird black. Yeah. It's, it's going to be cool. disgusting. Like, I think dude. it's going to be so like, clean. It looks okay. like it just right. rose out it's, of a swamp. It's going to be, like, black and gold it, <laughs> and awesome. No, it'll be okay. it'll be a light, like, a medium dark gray with black vertical lines on it that aren't all the same length. <laughs> it <laughs> just has this smell that you can't pin down. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, when it and, turns on, yeah. Just and you, you like, you, they would, they never advertise it. Yeah. And so it's just like sitting in your apartment or house or whatever, wherever you live. And you just have a friend come over to hang out. And he's like, why does your, why does your place smell like a baby? <laughs> uh, Hubert, uh, loser has to make a three by three watercolor painting. Three inches. Three inch by three Wait, inch, just a tiny little. Did thing. you guys bet Loser? something? Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who was the bet? The, whether the right now. whether the addition will look gross or not. Who what decides the, if it yeah, looks gross or good? We'll know. We'll know. We'll know. Okay. We, we will know. But we'll also have uh, judges. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Damiani. Yeah. Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> 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 hmm. Ian. Ian will be the judge. Okay. okay. Ian I'll, will I'll be ju- very I'll impartial. Judge it fairly. Yeah. The yeah. judge of art. Okay. I'm cool with that. Um. Yeah, okay. And, and so I don't think we need to, if the panel feels that way, like, hey, obviously, like, I don't think we need to, like, uh, pound on that that uh, statistic further. Yeah, like, um, it's just time. It's time for next gen. And I guess this does always happen, that slowest slowness at the top of the hill. But, yeah, I, I just thought this would happen not so close to long, long consoles release. We still have a long time before those new next gen comes. Yeah. Uh, it's going to go quick. Okay. It's going to go quick. All right. The ne- next gen is we are knocking on the door. You need that PSX. Yes, we, we need do. it. We need that. PSX 2019. It is needed. <laughs> we need it. Uh, we're going to do a really quick segment. It's called Name Something Cooler. Uh, <laughs> last week in Fortnite, a giant robot bear arose from its plant in the volcano uh, to battle a giant monster. Uh, and we're talking giant, giant. We're talking fully scaled Gundam kaiju battle yeah. Uh, yeah. live. This all happened to everybody yeah. who was on the island at the same time. Uh, it was like four or five minutes long fighting, uh, just coming in, falling off the side, coming back in, battling out, pulling a sword out of a place that's been there this whole time. Just like really cool things like that, defeating it. And now there's a giant monster skeleton on the map panel. Name something cooler. That happened in the last week? No. Oh, that happened cooler. in any video game. Name something cooler than that. It has to be in a video game. The yeah. existence of human life. Oh, in a video game? Yep, in a video oh. game. I, uh, I got one immediately. Oh. Go okay. for it. When Big Boss schools Ocelot and shows him how to eject the bullet out of the handgun. Nope. Next. I think you could name several moments from Elder Scrolls through the work. Okay, all right. So I haven't seen this Fortnite thing. Mm-hmm. The end of Bayonetta would have to be cooler. Nope. Next. 
Ben, this happened live. This happened live for everybody who was playing. They all got to see this thing happen at the same time. I don't care about other people. I care about me. Because <laughs> here's what's so weird. Here's why I bring this to the, the, the podcast in the first place. When the stupid rocket launch happened, I was amazed. Yeah. You know what? I got it. I got it. Something that what? happened in a video game. You you cannot. Okay. Even in your bittiest of bits, you yes. cannot say that yeah. this was cooler. The Daigo Perry at Evo is cooler than this Fortnite thing. Touche. Straight up. Golden touche. Yes. All right. So now whenever we do the segment in the future, it will have to be, is this cooler than the Daigo Perry? And the answer will always be no. <laughs> <laughs> the answer will always be no. Because uh, like, I couldn't think of a cooler thing, really, but like I'm not excited about it. Yeah. Fortnite right. has gotten to this place where they're amazing so frequently that this yeah. awesome thing that happened is like, oh, cool. Kyle, you, like, before the podcast, I was like, yeah, I, I respect Fortnite. I just don't care about it. It's just yeah. a personal thing. And you were describing it, and it sounds so cool. Yes. It really does sound so cool. And I just don't care. Yeah. It's so and it's weird. weird. I it's can't weird. define it. Yeah. That's great. I, I mean, I'm seeing Fortnite toys at the drugstore now. I'm just yeah. like, what's happening? You think that might be part of it? Where, like, Things just start to feel a little invasive. Yeah. Like, I, I, I got that way with Star Wars, where it was like, I, I like Star Wars, but, like, it doesn't need to be everywhere. I don't need the, my grocery store being all brand with, like, it's just, I think sometimes you just get to a point where it's just so much stuff. There's like, I just, no, this is uninvited. Mm -hmm. I think Fortnite needs a change of scenery. <clears throat> Big time. Um, you know, I think of Marvel, and it's like, you know, you, you were saying, you're, you're all saying, you know, I've seen too much Fortnite. Oh, we're talking Phase 4 right and now? And it's like, Marvel had like 20-something movies, but they they went to different places. They're all, they're they all very had different. They all different tone, yeah. different, pe like so much different stuff going on all the time. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, where it's like Fortnite is like, yeah, they make some changes on the map here and there, but it's like, no, we need a refresh. Yeah. I would rather take fewer updates that are way more dramatic than just like the constant new weapon, new item, taking this weapon away, bringing this weapon. Like, oh, we're going to add a little igloo over here. Like, no, just give me a few huge changes because I think that would address the crunch that has been going on at Fortnite. Yeah. And also I think it would just kind of kind of have those, those refreshes for the game and those resets. Yeah. You know what I'm surprised they didn't do? Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do a Stranger Things tie-in where there was like a they upside did. down version of the entire map. They, they had did? they had Stranger Things, yeah. They had the um, portals, like slime portals, all over the map. Oh yeah, and, and the Things Ahoy, what is it? And they had uh, Hopper Scoops Ahoy, Scoops Ahoy, Hopper skin. Right, but the whole map didn't go upside down. Sure, An sure. upside down map is a really good idea. That would have been cool. Yeah. Like yeah. A, like a shadow realm. That yeah. would have been Twilight. Sick. So realm. they should have crunched harder and made that happen. Yeah, yeah. crunch harder. <laughs> For, Fortnite Fortnite can partner with anything. In the world that it wants to, it can be anything. Yeah, I want it to be something that, like, hurts them or like doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, guys, they're going to announce something with with Fortnite. You see that Deadly Premonition crossover? Like, just yes. something so <laughs> wild. It's like the season of Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole season, man. You know, like or like playable Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, you all hear that? It sounds like it's podcast halftime! The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of July. Uniqlo, a Japanese fashion brand aiming to change the world through the power of clothing. 
With a focus on high-quality and innovative textiles, Uniqlo is redefining everyday clothing by increasing the functionality of your wardrobe at an affordable price. They call it Lifewear Made for All. Visit Uniqlo.com slash EZA to check out their collections, including new graphic t-shirt collaborations with Blizzard, Marvel, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter, and many more. That's Uniqlo.com slash EZA. Car Keys Express. If you need a replacement car key or a remote, check out carkeysexpress.com slash store. Use the coupon code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 10% off of your order. They are proud sponsors of Easy Allies. Hogue Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Or at least, that good business lawyer's YouTube and podcast series, Virtual Legality. This week was a big one in Virtual Legality, with Hogue analyzing the Nintendo Joy-Con lawsuit. Ubisoft's continued forays into crowdsourced asset production with Hit Record, whether Kickstarter can pull down fully funded campaigns, and even more. Check it all out at youtube.com slash hoeglaw or on your favorite podcast service. Our gifted sponsor is the Able Gamers Foundation, a nonprofit charity that aims to improve the overall quality of life for those with disabilities through the power of video games creating opportunities that enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. The link to donate is in the description. L. Thanis. And our mega sponsor, ViewSonic. You probably know ViewSonic is the California-based company that's been one of the world's leading monitor providers for the past 30 years. Now with ViewSonic Elite, they're bringing gamers an expansive line of professional gaming monitors. Whether you want to play like the pros on the eSports stage or become immersed in the action set in front of you, ViewSonic Elite has you covered with the range of powerful specs and minimalist designs that are a tasteful addition to any modern PC setup. Learn more about ViewSonic Elite, new product releases, and upcoming giveaways on social media by following at ViewSonicGaming or visiting ViewSonic.com Elite. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, this next story, as Ben said before we started recording, when I was running down what we're about to talk about, hits close to home. Mm-hmm. This one hits me personally. Because just last week, Kotaku.com, give him credit, finally reported on Joy-Con Drift. Joy-Con Drift. <laughs> yeah. Joy- so, if you're not familiar with what that would suggest, uh, let me just tell you what was happening to me. I was playing Mario Maker 2, making a level. This one's going to be great, I said. This is a cool idea. S- suddenly, Mario just starts floating up. And I'm like, what's this about? And so, I like, you know, I take my analog stick, I push him down, like, no, Mario, we're right here right now. I'm building a level. And then he goes right up again. Just whoop. And I said, this is Joy-Con Drift. <laughs> I understand it now. Basically, it's your Joy-Con just kind of takes itself in its own direction digitally. Physically, it's still there. Physically, it's standing still. But digitally, it's just kind of like gooping up forward in just the strangest little digital way. It's like it's not reading something wrong. It's there is a little gremlin in here pushing my analog stick forward uh, metaphysically. And so... <laughs> This has been an issue. This is an issue for a lot of Joy-Cons. I think I'm the only among Easy Allies who has ever had Joy-Con Drift. Ian had it. I, I've had it. I thought it was because uh, I had extra Joy-Cons in my bag, and they were getting bumped. 
Um, I don't think that's it. But I have four Joy-Cons, and I don't use my crappy blue one anymore. So maybe I do have it, and I just don't use that one. Mm. Yeah. So I, I've had a weird thing that, that still happens every once in a while where, like, I'll be on the Switch menu, and it'll just be, like, going left. And, like, I can't – it'll just be stuck in that direction. And – I can't get it to move. I don't know if that's Joy-Con drift or, sure. or what I mean, it is. Mine's I mean, usually right. Yeah. Yeah. That to me sounds like just kind of like the old school problem with when analog sticks first came out, to where like if you're holding the stick when you turn it on, when you turn it on, then it thinks like that's N64 center. Yeah. N64 that classic. Yeah. 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 It's funny. So they had uh, in a more recent update, you can actually recalibrate your analog sticks. It's supposed to fix the drift, and it totally doesn't. But mm. it's just like hold it up, and like when I'm doing these things, I can like physically see the dot of the directional, and you can actually just watch it kind of just goop up forward. Uh, so Kotaku had their article just saying, "Hey, this is a problem with a lot of people." Uh, then they had a follow-up article later on in the week that said, "Like a lot of people are breaking their th- controllers trying to fix this," and so they actually got a response from Nintendo. I believe this was earlier this week. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Kotaku. You know, using Kotaku's power for good. Like, I, you know what I mean? I don't think they would have gotten this response from Nintendo if they weren't writing their articles. Here's Nintendo's response. At Nintendo, this is from Kotaku's article, we take great pride in creating quality products, and we are continuously making improvements to them, a representative from Nintendo told Kotaku in response questions from about Joy-Con Drift. We are aware of recent reports that some Joy-Con controllers are not responding correctly. We want our con- we want our consumers to have fun with the Nintendo Switch, and if anything falls short of this goal, we always encourage them to visit http support.nintendo.com so we can help. End of statement. <laughs> it's an entirely non-answer. Yeah. Uh, we always want everybody to be having fun. And if you're not, go to support.nintendo.com. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I want you, I want them to get in like a online chat with a representative and just say, I'm not having fun. Fix it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just about like life stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at uh, work right now. Uh, and this this Kodabi's article is good because it also ent- mentions that uh, up until recently, the, the guide on the, their page said like, hey, if you're having Joy-Con drift, do this stupid patch. Go and recalibrate it, which doesn't work. And I think they even know now that that doesn't work. And now it just says, send this in for repairs. If you're not under warranty like myself, that's a $40 repair, uh, which I will not pay. Wait. Yeah, they're still at a $40 repair. 40 for- yeah. bucks. Didn't just, yeah, like you might as well just buy a new one. That's why it's Yeah, but like blood, I don't want to. I don't want to buy another product that right. I know will eventually drift. That, that just there's yeah, I mean, no th- way I think to that's the, the issue. Like they've got to they've gotta either go outside of warranty um, or they've, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Like I don't think there's any other so, solution. They've, they've got to like get these things sorted out. I don't think they will. The best we can get is when these new models come out that they've kind of under the table fixed them. Right. Kyle, so you're not you're not spending this forty bucks. I'm you're, not. you're making this choice. Right. What is that forty dollars gonna go to in your life? Cool, better games, dude. Give games. me give me one. Give games. me give me give, give, tell food. me where, where that money's going. Uh so Astral Chain. When I just got Symphony and Night, dude, when I just got that recently, that was yeah. 13 bucks, man. Hey, you have that was on sale, 20 dude. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah, $27 left over. Yeah. Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, you know, it's just like, and it does, man, I had to buy one of those Nintendo vouchers, you know, 100 bucks to buy two games, so mm-hmm. you end up saving 20 bucks. Uh, it still feels bad to buy a video game thing for $100. Yeah. But, you know, that'll be, um, <sighs> I was at Mario Maker 2 and Fire Emblem, probably. Um, 
so that means like, yeah, dude, yeah. D- oh, it was Marvel, dude. I bought Marvel recently, so nice. I'm just I'm bu- I'm spending a lot of money on Switch games. So it's Mario Two, Marvel, Fire Emblem, Luigi's Mansion, Pokemon. I'm just gonna Same be buying a lot of sixty dollar Switch games, you yeah. know. And it's just I like I. They're so expensive and just like I can't justify forty for repairing a Joy-Con. Right, because like, just break again. Yeah, and you're. Straight I up. guess it sounds like the compromise that you're making is just I'm gonna play this on my TV. Yeah, and that right. I'll, yeah, just, I'll just deal with it. Apparently, they gave you ninety day warranty after that. Right, I think you get another warranty, but as the Kotaku article says, a lot of people they get them back and just within months they just break again. They mm. just drift again. Lost a wedding ring. Uh, <laughs> we'll find it. Um, you need to get that resized. I know. And well, so that, my guy retired. The guy who did it all. Your ring guy retired? My ring guy retired, man. My I got jeweler. a good ring no, guy. No, you got him in just at the right time, though. That's what feels nice. I know. It was like his last yes. job. That's, that's such his a humorous song, thing dude. to yeah. say. <laughs> my ring guy. My, my, my ring guy. My jeweler. From, <laughs> How do you resize a ring? Do they just like from the, mines. the whole thing? They just take a little bit off and connect it back. But how do you... How do you not have a seam? A weld? They're professionals. You melt, Buffy. baby. They're pros. You I melt know. it. I, I like to think that your ring was made by, like, dwarven smithies <laughs> under a mountain somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I don't want to see myself investing in a thing that could just break again at any given moment, and nobody knows why. But you're going to buy, if they come out with a new Switch version, you're going to buy it? I w- I'm going to wait. So, right, we know that there's a newer Switch with some uh, new components inside. I doubt they're going to change the analog sticks, but if they do, I'm in. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's probably any good way of knowing whether or when. You'll get that better battery life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And a host of other weird problems. Yeah, it just sucks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think it's frustrating because there's no reliable way of knowing how prevalent the issue is. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, this is more than likely affecting... Three to five percent of Joy Cons, but oh, I'm going to give it more than that. I don't think so. I I I think we would have be hearing a lot more about it. How many of us did it happen to you and Ian? Just, Just two out of nine. Yeah, I'm going to say twenty percent. Yeah, almost. I'm going to say this happens to twenty percent of Joy Cons, and more eventually. You that's know? that's pretty crazy in terms of like severe hardware problems. Yes, I think I still think we would have heard a lot, heck of a lot more about it. But maybe we not. will now, though, dude. Kotaku spreading the word. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was Kotaku, maybe it was some other website where they said we asked internally, we were asked around the office how many people Verge. had it. It was a lot. Was it, it the Verge, Verge who wrote that? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they had a lot of people who had Joy-Con drift issues, yeah. Hmm. Um, this this website says there's a lawsuit that drifting was reported by 10,000 gamers. Yeah, uh, Hogue uh, did an episode about that last week. It doesn't really sound like there's a whole lot of hope for that lawsuit, but... Yeah, we don't have a lot of grounds to stand on there, I guess. weird to sue someone about that. Yeah, because apparently, you know, it's really, the warranty is really all it's guaranteed for. Yeah. Like, it'll work until this point in time, and after that, you know, it's not really. I truly wonder how long they've been aware of it, because I do want, I'm hoping that it gets fixed in the console revision. Um, I, I wonder if that is something they would bother with or just assume that it's not a big deal. I mean, there's a thing called analog stick calibration, right? In the actual, like, settings for the Switch. They're aware of this issue. They know it. it happens. They'll fix it. I hope so. Uh, in light of all this, I want to read an article from the year 2000. It's from CNET.com. 
Nintendo offers glove to prevent joystick injuries. Mm-hmm. From Mario Party? Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, 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 yeah I remember this. Okay. Kidding me, dude? My hand was destroyed. Nintendo has agreed to provide protective sports gloves to owners of the Mario Party game mm-hmm. after receiving numerous reports of children being injured playing the game. Nintendo's agreement to offer the gloves settles a complaint from the New York Attorney General's office, which had heard from parents of children who had suffered cuts, punctures, blisters, and friction burns on their hands because of intense joystick movements some portions of the multiplayer N64 games require. One kid got a tetanus shot, said Christy Pritchard, a spokeswoman for New York Attorney General Elliot Spitzer. The alarming thing was how little some of these children spent playing the game before they were injured, Pritchard said. One parent said their child had been playing the game for 15 to 20 minutes when they got a second-degree burn. <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah. No. Dude, it was pretty bad, man. Bowser's Tug of War, are you kidding me? That ripped the flesh off my hand. Did it really? Dude, ask <laughs> Brad. Like, me, Brad, our friends Corey, Steven. Like, Just use ba- your thumb. Bowser's Tug... In our home games, dude, when we're playing against each other, no way. <laughs> okay, so so Hubert, tell me if I'm um, <laughs> out of place here, but I feel like it's kind of a point of pride. We're like, yeah, you you'd play that, and then you'd be like, oh, dude, look at my hand, <laughs> yep. and you don't like you don't get to feel that with video games a lot. You know, you play sports, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh man, yeah, you know, I I did some sport thing, and like I'm all cut up. You don't get that with video games. So when like you're playing DDR or something, and you like. Hurt your foot a little bit or something. It's just like, oh yeah, I yep. put in that effort. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. And like, I loved the stories where people were breaking their TVs with the Wii remote. Yeah, that's awesome. That actually, that uh, I was already <laughs> reminded of that. Remember when Nintendo uh, replaced Nintendo all the straps? Yeah, everyone got sent straps in the mail for however many Wii remotes they purchased. And like the big dumb. Condom. Those things are awful. Oh, those things too. Yeah. yeah. Those Never things use are awful. Those. Wow. And like, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, for the Wii, they, re- they released a big, like, rubber safe thing. It's a condom. It, yeah. <laughs> but like, the head of it was like a big, cushy thing. So if you did <laughs> yeah. launch it, it at least wouldn't hurt somebody's head as much. Also, you know what I just realized? Huh? Remember how the other day we were talking about how PS3 controllers get that weird stickiness just because yeah. they're sitting around? Yeah. Those did that too. That kind of rubber does that. Like, that. Yeah. The, the Wii U protective yeah. condom always got all nasty time sticky. Comments, Ugh. tell us why rubber gets I, sticky. Tell uh, us. Tell, uh, PS3 it. controllers like co- are covered in like a film. Yeah. I've never in time. seen that with the Wii remote thing, but it I also happens, don't have blood. one anymore. I threw mine so. away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nasty. It. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, I know we have a lot of scientists in our comments, so please let us know why they get sticky. We have a lot of them? Yes. Uh, why are they watching us? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fun stuff still in this article. Uh, if you called the hotline, Nintendo would tell you to play the game with your finger and thumb, your forefinger <laughs> oh and thumb, and that's what, oh, how they recommended you play. Yeah. yeah, dude, Bowser's tug of war, um, lethal. And then this is the, uh, this is from editorial from CNET. The potentially embarrassing development comes at a critical time for Nintendo, as the company faces a renewed competition from Sony and its new PlayStation Two console, <laughs> Microsoft's upcoming. Xbox gaming device, which Chairman Bill Gates will provide more details on tomorrow. Did they have a hyphen between? They did. X and box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old hyphen. Oh man, the year two (laughs) thousand. Uh, just that's the end of it. That's that's a more mounting competition for Nintendo. This is embarrassing for them because of the mounting competition. Got it. Um, and so I like googled like if anybody got the glove. 
Did anyone here get this glove? No. I did not get the glove. Never got the glove. So, I didn't even have Mario Party at that point. So. Uh, there's some Reddit posts about it. So what you had to do was get like t- like cut off the UPC proof of purchase and also trace your hand. <laughs> oh, for the size. Awesome. For the size of a glove. <laughs> they, yeah. they had a guy at Nintendo <laughs> making custom hand gloves? Is this what, what Huber's ring guy was doing? Oh In between fitting rings? And uh, it was apparently, know, it dude. wasn't branded or anything. It was just a Harbinger weightlifting glove, just like a yellow <laughs> glove for weightlifting weights, and they would just send that to you. <laughs> And only I just I, so good. I like to see that I guess in contrast to this thing today where they're just like really not wanting to own up to the Joy-Con drift, you know, uh, where they just overcorrected on the Mario Party thing. They could have just said, "Huber, you and your friends are dumb. Stop playing like that. Yeah. That's not our fault." Yeah. Instead, they're like, "Trace your they hand, and we'll send you a glove." Like yeah, this. trace yeah, your hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think future Mario Party games didn't require that motion anymore. Yeah. Right. They yeah. Took it out yeah. It's funny. I okay. As a as a big company like Nintendo, there's probably you you probably hear like small outcries like this like all the time constantly. They're just numb, man. Yeah. They're just numb. Maybe they are just numb by now. They've been through it. Mm-hmm. They they put out I'm the joking, sticky condoms. But, but yeah. They they can't function that way, but yeah. yeah. I I think it's just a matter of, you know, either like you said, they'll fix it silently with the controllers themselves. Or, yeah, they've got to find that right solution, mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't really gotten there yet. I'm scared it's that, man. I'm scared they actually don't know why they're drifting still. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, because you, it, I, I just think the main issue is just, you know, they've if it's big enough of a problem, then they've got to deal with people are out of warranty. Yeah. Yeah. If you compare the Joy-Con... <laughs> size-wise to, like, a PS4 controller or whatever. Like, it is pretty amazing all the stuff they packed into that tiny little thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be tough. Uh, apparently, contact cleaner will clean it for a, fix it for a while. Hmm. And I'm thinking about just trying that, just cleaning them up. And it, I guess, like, you know, it saves you, like, a few weeks or something, and then it'll come back, but you just kind of... That's cute. That reminds me of just cleaning up NES cartridges. Yeah. Just get them to work. Yeah. Hey, not bad. It's time for Love and Respect. Love and respect. This is a segment in which our patrons write us uh, topics, questions, games, things they would like for us to talk about on this very podcast. Let's, uh, because that one was just a lot of me reading, let's have the panelists talk about something for a sec. Let's give you like a juicy one to just bite into. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? This one's pretty juicy. And then we'll do that one, because that one's fun, too. Okay, this is from Not a Robot. In last episode of Frame Trap, you, Kyle, started a conversation about the game design of Borderlands and how it basically amounts to grinding for loot in order to grind for more loot. This fixation on self-contained progression systems has been a trend in games for a while now, and I feel it's a topic that deserves more attention, especially in regards to the whole gambling loot box discussion. So let me start with this harmless statement. And this is where I'm like, buddy, I don't know. Mm. Being fun should not be the main objective of a game. 
Buddy, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Fun <laughs> is a vague concept and rarely understood, even by designers. Games can achieve it by challenging us to look at the world from a new perspective, by training our mo motoric and cognitive skills, promoting creativity, creating social interactions, telling Im immersive stories, teaching us how to think differently, or they can just trick our stupid human brains with pointless dopamine loops that make us repeat meaningless objectives for a false sense of accomplishment. Your first impulse might be to think that all games are ultimately pointless and never amount to real accomplishments anyway, but if you look at the historical prevalence of play or how animals play to learn, grow, and socialize, they cer this certainly is not the case. The conversation shouldn't be about whether or not a game is fun, but rather about what the game is ultimately trying to accomplish with it. Is it just wasting our time, or does it offer something more meaningful as well? To package all this into a question for the panel, will we ever see game reviews that state this game is extremely fun but ultimately pointless 5 out of 10? Is that something you'd even want to see? And then, not a robot even wrote some more, uh, it frustrates me to no end that the gambling and loot box discussions are always solely tied to certain types of monetization, yet games like Borderlands or Diablo get a free pass because their loot mechanics are only stealing our time, not our money. People are ready to storm the games for, of any developer with loot box microtransactions, yet the exact same mechanics for free are, just, are not just acceptable, but actually beloved. Is our time really that cheap? The panel. I... I don't even know what this person is yeah, asking. Yeah, I don't even know There's what a lot is there. happening. I mean, I love this question. The yeah, one thing I would say in terms of Borderland design-wise is saying like saying that like you're just grinding for better loot like the, that's like hardcore like end game players that are just like going to just keep going back to that game over and over and over again. Like people that like want to do that raid boss where you can't even see how much health you took away when you shoot it like because <laughs> it's going to take shooting it 500 times before you see that tick come off <laughs> um so yeah i i don't know like there's there's definitely those aspects but like i think for probably more people like they're going to play through that game go through the story, get whatever weapons they get as they go through the story, pick their favorites, check their favorites, um, and like brag about the crazy thing that they got that most people have never seen before, uh, and then maybe do it a couple more times with the different character classes, but mm, probably not get too into that giant monster that you know is, is just gonna be a huge pain in the butt and take you three hours to kill. Uh I think this question is, is trying to be far too reductive, despite how much is brought up here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think trying to place the loot box conversation on top of this is is makes it a little bit messier. Um, and what I mean by this is he's talking about things, the, 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 the grind for progression or getting new things. I, I think he's focusing on that, and th that can be really easy to do. You can you can reduce games very easily if you want to, but when you take games in total, uh, so I believe he mentioned like Diablo there. Diablo three was in there, yeah. Sure. Um, so like I think about my my experience playing Diablo one for the first time. Yes, I enjoyed getting new loot. Yes, I enjoyed getting new abilities. But that those were experiences <laughs> that I could get in any other game. It was a good foundation, but really made my heart sing with Diablo was the town of Tristram, was Deckard Cain, was encountering the Butcher for the first time and feeling really intimidated. Like, these are worlds that, that, are, that are constructed that 
there there are specific moments and characters and places and music that I can recall that yeah, make music. this an above average thing. I'm not just playing it because it's a loot game. I'm playing it because I love the world that they've created. It just happens to have a loot game in there. And so I don't I don't think that really like y- y- yeah, I guess it's like pointless like no, I'm not changing the world, but I like there's value beyond that progression. Well, I think that like I agree, yeah. And I think kind of re the first part of this question is I think fun is too simplistic of a term when it comes to games and I think fulfilling would be a better word. It's like if you don't feel as though your time is being wasted, if you're having a fulfilling moment while playing a game, it's a success. And like you can be fulfilled without necessarily having fun. Like I I've grinded for hours and hours and hours in Diablo 3 and I love seeing the numbers go up, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I feel fulfilled and I'm like it's a weird Diablo is a weird example because it's like I'm not having like fun. I'm enjoying myself, you know, but I'm not like, whoa, shoot, look at this. Oh my god, you know, all the time. Also, like to the second part of this question, why people get upset about money being applied to similar uh, gameplay styles and they don't get upset over time is uh, the question I think asks, like, do we really value our time so little? Yeah. Like, I think it's clear that human beings on the whole value money more than their own time. I think it just depends backwards, on but yeah. I mean, situation. like, think about... It's true. <laughs> but I mean, like, think about how much time you spend just, like, laying in bed looking at a phone mm-hmm. and then, like, if it cost you 25 cents a minute to do that, you wouldn't, <laughs> you know? Mm. Whereas, like, your life, you know, you're not getting any more of that. So... Mm. I, I guess I take issue with, like getting hung up on people calling something fun it's 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 like that that's just how people talk like mm-hmm. not in every social circumstance are you gonna like want to sit there and be like okay let me tell you about this video and let me break it down here are all the individual mechanics here's the storyline here's the lore here's what you need to know like no one has time to do that all the time like sometimes somebody's like hey do you like this and you're like yeah it's cool or it's fun like it's 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 just shorthand like that's gonna happen you can't you can't get so hung up on that in every instance uh, i have a weird comparison i'm ready to make just hopped into my mind so the way i see it as there are there are many many ways to manipulate our stupid human minds like yeah that's just there and mm-hmm. and you know like like loot boxes can be considered gambling uh though the uk just determined it is not uh that's a whole other story man mm. uh in relation to the ea thing that we talked about a few weeks yeah. ago when they were embarrassing themselves uh, they, they determined that uh, it's not gambling because there's no money involved. And it's like, okay, fine. Uh, it's still hurting people. And it does at some points. But anyway, uh, gambling works on human minds. We just love it. We love being lucky. We love rolling a dice and having a big number come up. It's just something that just sparks our, our chemicals. Um, and so I but do... Th- I feel like there's got to be stakes, though. That's, what I'm, that's where I'm yes. going. That's where okay. I'm going. Okay. Is uh, there are, uh, like, pop producers who just think they get how to make music. They get all the rules right, and they're just like, I know how to make pop music. I can make the dance floor dance. But like, there's nobody who gets it right every time. You know what I mean? There's still like something to making a song. You can, ha- you can be like the greatest pop producer of all time and just nonstop hits, nonstop hits, and like sometimes you just put out a song that sucks. 
And I feel like the same way with games, with making fun, is yeah, there are ways that manipulate you. Uh, like I'd say to everyone at this table, like Diablo manipulates us, Borderlands manipulates us. We have some fun because we're rolling dice and getting big numbers. I think you could say that even about, like you could say Mario manipulates yeah, you. Yeah, you could say yeah. about any yeah. game. Yeah. You for sure can. He and is I, saying that. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am, and in fact, I am saying that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it can't just be that. Right, and, and that's like that's what art. I'm trying to that's say. That's the art of making the song. Yeah. That's the art of making the game. Is that there has to be more to it, and there is, and, be, and that's why those games work and sell. Yeah, I, I think that's what I that's what I was trying to say about the the other aspects of Diablo that yeah. that really attached it to me, because like you could you could watch somebody play Mario and be like, you only win after that coin because the designer play they're manipulating you. Into, and that's true. They're, 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 you're a puppet on their strings. It's but for it's the like, noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but. <laughs> Like, you, you could say that about storytelling and going to a movie where it was like, oh, you only want the bad guy to lose because the, the, the writer of the story programmed it into you. It's like, I think when you're seeking entertainment, on some level you're looking to be manipulated one way or another. You, mm-hmm. you, want, you want to feel something. You That's, want to yeah. walk away with something. That's not, it's not a negative thing. That's, I agree completely. That's what entertainment is. It's like the desire to have your emotions manipulated because you want to be distracted from life. Like, that's what it is. It's true. Like, when when this podcast ends with the very same song that it begins with, uh, we're manipulating you. I'm yeah. sorry, that's just <laughs> part of it. It's just like... <laughs> I do that in video game reviews. I'll use a song for the first paragraph and the same song for the last paragraph just so you, like, get that little cue of, like, full circle, here's the thing, you know? Like, that's, yeah, yeah that's just 101, yeah. Y- yeah, and I, s- go ahead, Ben. I, I think... What makes the loot box conversation more difficult, and I do think this it's, it's hard to maybe talk about these two things uh, in, in conjunction with each other, is that, like, when you play games that feel like they have nothing to offer beyond it, where every, every single step that you're taking is just a way to get you to spend more money, that is different than something where even if you're being manipulated or going to to try to get loot or whatever like it's not like you have a giant window necessarily flashing in front of your f- face being like you can't you don't have the stamina to continue mm-hmm. like that's a very different thing that is I, I, it's like hard and soft roadblocks right in game design and i think what is so upsetting about kind of the microtransaction conversation is like you are in some instances literally barred from playing yes um and that makes it a very different conversation yeah even these Nintendo mobile games. Yeah, and in Borderlands defense, I do want to say this. When I was recently playing through 2 with a friend who was much lower level than I was, it was actually, I was having a really good time when all of the loot was bad and I didn't have to worry about a thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually fun to play that game without the loot mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so there is something there beyond it's rolling the dice, feeling lucky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's like a story. You're playing with your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like <laughs> I, I, like so I was saying else. earlier, there yeah. are just times that, like, I've got guns that I like right now, so I'm not, like, you know, there'll be plenty of times where I'll pick up a gun in Borderlands and got higher stats, and I shoot it, and like, I don't like the way that feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that won't work forever, Blood. Eventually, that gun will be bad, and you'll get owned if you don't upgrade. Yeah, sometimes. But sometimes it'll, like, still save Always. It. That's why I still love. Still put it in a put it in a vault. Keep that gun. I like that gun. <laughs> I just love getting like max next or, like maybe. near max level in like Destiny because then like you don't have to worry about constantly like, cycling say, shit yeah. out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get like a gun like every couple days or something, and you're like, all right, yes. I like that way better. To be yeah. honest, it's just, I, also, I hate the loops, dude. I really like in games. Uh, 
Resident Evil 4 popped in my mind. Like, <laughs> not the perfect example of this, but I like in games where you can get a gun that you like and then upgrade it. Yeah, Red 9. I really like that. <laughs> um, so, like, Monster Hunter is, is interesting. So, like, playing Monster Hunter World recently and being like, oh, man, like, I just have to keep killing things and maybe I'll get decorations that I want or I'll get a bunch of stuff that I don't or, like, maybe I'll get the streamstone that I need or I won't. Yeah. And... It gets annoying where it's like, <laughs> I I have no idea. I have, it is, it, it's not like do this thing, put in a bunch of work and you'll get it. It's just you have a chance to get it. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating getting it for, getting the exact thing that I want, but for a completely different weapon. But underpinning that, the reason why I keep playing is because the basic act of hunting is still a challenge. It's still fun. Like, that's just a consequence. It's not the reason that I'm doing it. Like, I want those things. I'm chasing after those things. But if I wasn't having any fun doing the hunts... Yeah. And when you talk about the fun there, right, trying to stay away from that word, it's like, well, these monsters all th- these monsters have unique behaviors. They're in environments where you have to worry about different things, where you have different tools. Like, yeah, you can reduce it to just this grind, but you're completely neglecting the part of the game where you're spending the most time anyway. I don't know. Uh, this next question is really, this is fun too. This is, I've, we're gonna, we got some fun stuff today. Um, Ben, I think that's the right point. Um, and not a robot. Sorry to, like to like trash on somebody's question like that. Like we did openly. Uh, I think it was a good question. Like Ian said, I think you have some really interesting ideas in there. Uh, but also some very offensive ideas. <laughs> um, uh, Leo S. Luna. Here we go. Greetings guys. I keep hearing that the very anticipated Hideo Kojima game Death Stranding will be very divisive among fans and critics. And I'd like to ask the panel, if the game does not achieve expectations, what aspects could possibly go wrong with Death Stranding? I'm one guy who prefers to buy the game after reviews and watching some gameplay, but at the moment, I'm not entirely convinced with the game. Not every veteran artist makes a great hit after moving along. Uh, Love and respect, kind of what we were just talking about. But here's the question. What could go wrong with Death Stranding? The story. Anything. The story. Anything like, could go wrong. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. the you know potentially open world aspects. I'm definitely uh, when s- seeing people commenting about those trailers, people worrying about it being too empty feeling. I think if the story hits, everyone's fine. What could go wrong with the story? That's what your that was your first thought people immediately. People just don't like the character. It's like too ambiguous. Like everyone at the end is just like, huh? Like the whole way through it is just one of those weird puzzle boxes where like. Not necessarily it doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, super vague and, like, weird to be weird and confusing. And, it's so and funny that that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but I what, feel like that will could... that will make the game divisive, and I think, and, and I think bug a, a certain camp of people. But, you know, I think if the story is a success, I think that's all that really matters with Death Stranding. I don't know. I think I think the game and the gameplay is obviously going to be crazy and weird and new and awesome and, and cool, hopefully. But I still think the way the game has been advertised, the, the, the man that Hideo Kojima is, the film people he's partnered with, and the actors, like everything about this game just screams film and story. And I think that's like people's main expectation. And that's also kind of scary and why people maybe aren't super invested yet is because we know so little about that story. We have nobody to attach ourselves to. We have nobody to get hyped for. So that's what's funny because Hubert, all of his discussions prior to us really seeing the game, when he talks about what type of game it is with Mm -hmm. our sticks and ropes, uh, 
to me, that's like raw gameplay stuff. Yeah. I honestly think there's going to be a lot of raw gameplay. Definitely, to this. definitely. And definitely. I'm almost worried that like the cutscenes will be Breath of the Wild style. Really? You know, just kind of sort of like unrelated to what's really Pretty happening. Brief. They just get back into the game. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any guarantee that the the yeah. story is going to like connect in in a in a way that that really registers with you or that you care about. And I yeah. think it's the, the same with the gameplay. I think that's what I think that's what makes Death Stranding so exciting. Mm -hmm. Like. I don't think that's a negative thing. It's kind of great going into a game and not being able to easily compare it to something, not knowing what is going to come out yeah. of it, not knowing what the story is even trying to say. Um, but I think when you have anything that is that open-ended, of course you have a potential for it not working out. Could you foresee... I, go ahead, Ian. Oh, I was, I was, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. I, I had a thought. I, I don't think this. I want to be very clear on that, but I had a, I was wondering if there's like a lingering worry in people's minds since this is the first Kojima Productions game since the Kojima insanity, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if people, if part of people's minds are just wondering like, what if Kojima was the one who went off the deep end? Like what if, I'm not saying I think that, but I'm like, I'm wondering if people, cause we don't know that story. We have no idea. And this is the first one he's like got to prove himself. Again. I think exactly what you're saying is you know? why I'm not looking forward to internet conversations about yeah. this trending. Oh, yeah. man, they're going to be brutal. It's going to be so weird. I knew Kojima was bad all along. Right, exactly. Okay. Metal Gear Survive mm. is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like... That's what's coming for uh, us. Yeah. yeah it's going to be mean, asinine, dude. I think yeah. that's where the, the evidence kind of stacks up against it not being... Kojima's oh, yeah, for fault sure, is for that sure. there's so many other people that have left and things that have happened and absolutely yeah. and the stories about like yeah turning off the lights and right. yeah 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 I'm not saying I think that I was just like it's an unknown you know he hasn't been outside of Kojima in a while but or, what uh, Konami what could kill this game though is if the baby cries like baby Mario on Yoshi's Island yeah <laughs> blood absolutely dude if it's like oh I'm out, man. You like you start getting close to monsters, and you're just like, I just eh. think, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think from from people's perspectives that are like on the fence for this game, you know. Uh, and I think if the story grabs them, they will put through any faults that the game may have in gameplay or anything. They'll just, I want to see what happens next. But if that story doesn't grab them, if they're like, what is this? Who are you? I don't know. What the hell? I don't care about you. Like, let's just get back to the game. Mm -hmm. I I don't you know? I don't I think if, if I think if you have a game as high profile as Death Stranding with a creator as high profile as Hideo Kojima, I don't think you can just have the story be good and have it not be divisive. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, I I don't I don't think that's going to work in a in a broad sense. I do think there will be a lot of people that enjoy it and go to bat for it, but I I, I think it will be a contentious topic for sure. I Another oh sorry, just a quick one. Yeah, I think another thing that people might not love is if it's just trying to be Metal Gear Solid again. If it? it's just like a bunch of soldiers and then a forty-five minute cutscene and then some sneaking and then a cutscene and then some soldiers and you know if it's like just trying to hit the same boxes, mm -hmm. people will be bummed. I think like weirdness, sure, on top of it, but like yeah, quite honestly, it looks more like Metal Gear than I thought it would. I for I, sure same like that second or third trailer that had the soldiers on top of the bridge with the tanks and stuff i'm like uh, oh okay we're still in that kind of realm All and right, i mean our okay. first gameplay thing where we are yeah. sneaking around and there yeah. are guards who notice us suddenly yeah but he did invent another genre this is stranding action yeah. or and whatever. i mean we got a motorcycle as well yeah. uh i haven't seen any of that dude media blackout i oh, feel sorry dude i no, feel like good. if you were to like describe <laughs> pt on paper mm -hmm. it would sound really underwhelming yes like if you were to like oh, actually 
Not, it's, how, how, like, <laughs> hey, you just keep going in the same hallway Even over and over PT again. Even the PT trailer sucked. <laughs> right, and it's like, oh, and there's like, it's really hard to figure out what to do, and you'll just eventually reach a point where you don't know what's, what's like. I think there there is a way you could present it, just mm-hmm. kind of matter of factly, that where it doesn't really sound all that exciting. But it's it is the kind of almost intangible experience of it is the way all those things come together. It is how different it is. That is my hope for Death Stranding, yeah. is that it's not what you and Ian are describing, where it's like, this is Metal Gear again. It is, I can't, I can't understand why I like this until I play it, because it's so different. That's what I want. <laughs> That's my hope as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, if it ends with Norman Reedus waking up at the beginning of the game, <laughs> I will hate it. I will hate that game. If it's one of those, uh, you wake up, it's the beginning. But what if he wakes up in the beginning of the game and then, but like one little thing is like. That's a story mechanic that is almost never done well. (laughs) Never, dude. One little like the clock says like a different day or something. (laughs) I don't know. What if he explicitly wakes up in a Target and there is the branding for Target in there? (gasps) Thump thump thump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. And you know what? It ends. With, with him, him shopping he's naked. in Target. He, he's naked in Target, yeah. and he's eating the Target-branded gummy worms. And, and, he, and he turns to his right and sees a Target hoodie, and he just says, finally, <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> I would very much appreciate that ending. It would affect me. Yeah. 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 Uh, that game comes out this year. It's still very, very excited about <laughs> Doesn't it. Doesn't that sound crazy? It sounds very We're crazy. all like, ah, we'll play <laughs> Death Stranding so cool. someday. Yeah. It's coming out soon. Thank God, dude. You yeah. need something new, something fresh. Uh, I'm going to do another real quick one. This one's a (laughs) shout-out. I like when people give me a shout-out to a game that I've totally been ignoring. Uh, Journey's sequel, Sky, Children Mm. of Light, just released, and it's the looter shooter I've been waiting for. Allow me to elaborate. (laughs) I like Destiny, or I tried, excuse me, I tried Destiny, The Division, Warframe, even Dauntless, but quickly fell off. I wanted to like them. I was intrigued by their zeitgeist, their communities, and the opportunity to play multiplayer adventure without getting as overwhelmed as many MMOs. I wanted to explore, discover secret areas, and uncover lore about this world, but soon realized that that wasn't the point of these games. When Sky Children of the Light was announced, I was already excited, but I never realized that it would scratch the looter-shooter itch that had been eluding me. In Sky, the looting is lighting candles, discovering new spirits, and meeting new in-game friends. And the shooting is simply jumping, gliding, and skating through this beautiful world on your way to the next objective. Like other looter shooters, it's free, which is great, but with microtransactions, season passes, and some noticeable bugs. But... Despite all of this, I have been adoring every minute I've played with this game so far. I have seen very little coverage of this game online, despite being the sequel to one of the most beloved games of the last decade. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Love and respect, Scott. I've been waiting for somebody to sell me on this game. Me too. Because when I saw that it was mobile, I was like, ah, oh, skip. Oh, I think that's it. No, <laughs> same. Yeah. There you go. Only. Scott, that's the reason. Not yeah. mobile. Yeah. Apple only. For, Apple for right mobile? now. Wow. It's, it's only on iPhone and iPad right now. Coming to other stuff later. Well, there's your reason, right? Will it be on PCs. Switch or PS4 like next year? Because that's what I'll think, play. Uh, the thing I saw said like PCs and consoles like coming. Right. Okay, I'll just wait. We'll wait, Scott. We'll wait. Yeah. Is cool. it officially a sequel? No, no. It's no. it a spiritual, spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah, we should call it that. I, it's funny because I feel like comparing it to looter shooters. <laughs> it's really funny. D- like. <laughs> Does not sell me. It's, <laughs> well, it's not at all. But I think that's yeah. how Scott got us interested, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, just saying he got a similar sensation. But like when I think when you when I think of Journey, that I don't. Mm. <laughs> hey, we had fun in Division Two. 
Absolutely. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> I don't... It's not that I don't like looter shooters or I'm against the idea, but, like, Journey was this emotional experience. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, man, I wanted to get into Destiny, <laughs> but Sky was it. It's like, that's hard for me to... That, that seems like it, I'm not the getting what I want. was jumping. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I what, what it's I do get, just confusing. What, what I think is really exciting about looter shooters is sharing the environment with your friends. Yeah. I think they're not sure. as fun alone. And so I really think that's what this is about, too, is just exploring these big environments. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go over here. How are you doing over there? Come over here. Check this out. Like, that is what's most appealing about that type of game, I believe. And so it's fun to see that in an environment where there is no shooting at all, uh, where it's not just about, like, leveling up. It's about lighting candles, apparently. And so, like, I don't know. I, I think that's what he's saying is, like, the, the raw appeal, the thing that I liked about looter shooters or wanted to like gotcha. is in this game. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Neat. Sweet. Wait for the console version. Yeah, afraid so. <laughs> I just don't want to be wiping my phone. Uh, it's time for bets. Next week's bet. Fire Emblem Three Houses will be released Friday, July 26th. I'm going to look at the top ten most recent reviews. How many times will I see the word anime? <laughs> Daniel Budworth. I'm going to start it off with six. Ben Moore. Three. Michael Huber. One. I'm going four. Ian Hink. I also said six. Okay, let me lock those in. Six is going to be a lot. I'm going to have to read the word anime a lot. Six is a lot. I think that, yeah, it could be in one a couple of times. Mm Mm-hmm. And then oh, that person who does anime yeah, five I mean, times. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. One of my favorite usages of the word anime. Yep. Anime-inspired cutscenes. It's That's one of your favorite. Love anime-inspired cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> anime-inspired doesn't even like yeah. that's weird. It is. I feel like that is my aesthetic. Is anime-inspired. Anime-inspired. <laughs> that's everything I do. Is anime-inspired. It's funny when something like... means anime-inspired. Literally, just means anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when well, people I... say anime-inspired, <laughs> what they're trying to say in a polite way is is dumb. Like, yeah. like, like, like. Oh, this is super convoluted or wacky or over the top. I feel like that's what they're trying to say. I think so too. And I don't know if that terminology is like the best. To me, anime-inspired almost like. It almost implies that it's coming from a Western developer, like mm. sure. saying like, and I don't know. No, yeah, that's I hear not it. even. I'm I don't trying know. to think of the last weird. time I heard like it. like Dust in a Legion Tale. Anime sure. inspired. Yeah, anime inspired. Right? For sure. Well, I, like, there's a lot of Code Vein is anime Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're trying not to be anime, Ben. Oh, is that true? <laughs> We've been calling it anime this whole time. No, no, no. I mean, the, the, the Bandai Namco messaging is like, we're, we're trying not to be too anime. Really? And oh, like, gotcha. it's, gotcha. it's like, and they ended up doing your characters. Yeah, that, you there's it? no way that you can. The hot springs found their way back in. <sighs> <laughs> Last week's bet. Oh, we can only do one of the two because absolutely nobody tweeted me the back of the box for Marvel Ultimate Alliance Wait, 3. So you're just, you're just negating a whole bet? No, we're just delaying it another week until some until somebody tweets it at me. Do we Please. have it in the building right now? No, we don't have no, a physical Kyle copy. No, just has to go to a store or something. I'm not going to a store. Please. <laughs> Dude, I'm sure they have so many at Target. No. So many copies. You're right. I should just go to Target. <laughs> another excuse. <laughs> Um, bring a little notepad. I'm just here for my bets. But the one we can do it was last week's bet, which is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, released last Friday, which was July 19th, with subtitles on. How long would we have to wait to play the game until we saw our first exclamation point? 
Blood, you bet 14 seconds. Damiani bet 60. Brad bet 25. I bet four. Ian bet zero. Huber, you're playing this game. How long was it? I have no clue, dude. Like, could be 10 seconds, could be 10 minutes. Uh, ben, you played this. How long was it until the first exclamation point? I don't know, man. It was 11 seconds. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I didn't even know this bet existed. And it was oh. funny. It's the second line, but yeah. you see space for a while. We hang on space. Nice. And that is why Daniel Bloodworth won this week's bet. I've never played a video game going in being like, ah, there's the first exclamation. That was about 13 seconds. <laughs> never done that. <laughs> never? <laughs> really? Never? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that brings our scores to Scrappy Little Pig 16. Oh. Wah, wah. Gorgeous Gorillas 13. <laughs> Welcome to the teens, Gorillas. Yeah, whoa. We fell off. You guys have scored a bunch in a row. Yeah. Damn. Jones and I had a good few weeks there. Um, we need we need to Hubert. We've got Hubert the energy box art thing now, though. Yes. Please send me send it to me. I think it's I think I really made people upset with the feet counting the shoes on the kingdom hearts three <laughs> and i think people legitimately said i'm not playing this with you anymore <laughs> i'm not doing this Make for sure you anymore. you like it's super like zoomed in like huge like because it's so hard to pick out the details that's, that's the thing right it. if you send yeah. me one picture of the back of the box nobody can read it uh and so yeah we need several pictures of different parts of anymore. the back of the box um <laughs> Let me tell everyone about patreon.com slash easy allies. That is how the easy allies exist, persist, resist, and insist that you at least go to this website. <laughs> uh, when, you, when you go there, you'll see all the kinds of things we do. It's not just podcasts. It's, you know, we do live streams. We do reviews. We do goofy things. We do very serious things. Uh, we do all sorts of things. And there are benefits for you if you're a $5 patron or up. Uh, you get this podcast on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. You get a lot of shows early. So worth checking out that website. Again, patreon.com slash easy allies. We got sponsor slots open. Wild so open. if you want to be a sponsor, yeah, we have some uh, friend traps slots open. If you want oh. Jones to pitch whatever you're selling, check that to out. To read your words in that smooth Jones voice. He could also like you can ask for not smooth if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I just almost, say just say not smooth. He'll know what it is. He'll know. He'll know. <laughs> I almost want to just be a sponsor for a month just to write <laughs> something. Yeah, I know. Really I know the feeling. Yeah. For Next Jones sponsor. to say. Yes. <laughs> Michael <laughs> But how do you just stand there and look at him? Yeah. <laughs> but but like multiple parts, like different inflections. Mm. Like, all right, here's the low deep growl. Here's the anime-inspired character. Yes. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Difference. Please make Jones read something in an anime-inspired voice and see his take on it. <laughs> He's oh. good. Do you remember when we VO'd that Gundam game? Jones gets it. I don't remember. He knows how to do anime. So, remind me. Okay. Uh, it was that Gundam fighting no, no, no. game. The sponsors, Kyle. Oh, gotcha. Remind us, sponsors. Uh, <laughs> there's no other way we can find out. I did one last thing before I hand it over to Blood. Glinny's Cauldron Jam has concluded. It's over. We know which game implemented Glinny's ingredients the best while staying the most fun. Uh, check out Google Glinny's Cauldron Jam. You can staying see. Staying the most fun was a, was a priority. There's huh? two criteria, yeah. It was uh, integration of ingredients and fun despite itself. Because nice. the thing is, Blood, if you just make a game with a bunch of sucky things in it, nobody's going to play it and Glinny doesn't get off. Like She, needs, she l takes pleasure in people staying in the game that has the bad things in it. So that's <laughs> sort of how that works. Uh, <laughs> You just <laughs> said it. <laughs> <laughs> I did say it. You, what the I was hell? just trying to roll right through. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to go. 
It's like it's like you're in the cafeteria and your milk falls off your tray and you just keep walking. It's like I don't want. <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll be live streaming uh, the winner and anyone else we can get into our live group stream next week. All right. What Daniel is Bloodworth. this weekend though? Bloodworth has an option to promote something. Okay. You want it's important enough it's that we important. take it away from them. Yeah, yeah let's let's important. let's lock this in and make sure it Yeah, happens. I mean I would do it anyway. So just oh, do yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh this weekend. Huber, you you promote this. Let's hear your Huber voice. Your best Huber promo. This weekend. Yeah. All nine out no. Did eight. I do it wrong? <laughs> eight of nine. Immediately. Right. Eight yeah. of nine. Jones still on paternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> this weekend. Eight ninths of the allies descend. On a summer beach house to, get, to get sweaty <laughs> airdrop and to game for hashtag all 50. Are we doing all 50 again? We're doing 50. We're doing 50. Hashtag all 50. But the hashtag no, 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 is no. not all 50. Yeah, no. <laughs> hashtag not, not all 50. 50. Hashtag not all 50. Get some rest. But this weekend, we are uh, doing easy living round three now. Round three, mm-hmm. baby. Round three. Easy living. It's going to be all uh, eight of nine allies. We're going to be gaming hard for 50 hours straight. So uh, yeah, check we, out. We have sleep breaks as well. Yeah, sleep We're breaks. We won't all be there. All There's the no time. crunch. <laughs> so get some rest. Well, uh, technically, we didn't know if Huber was going to be back. So you weren't scheduled for yeah. sleep. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so Huber could hashtag all 50. Exactly. I wonder how many people are going to be playing Fire Emblem while watching us. I bet a lot. A lot. We're a second a screen experience. That preview Dude, grinding. A lot. We're a second screen. Grinding Fire Emblem on the side while watching Easy Living sounds so jolly. Uh, before we move on to Blood, Bloodworth getting the microphone, the I want everybody to say what game you're most excited to play at Easy Living. I've got it locked and loaded. Okay, let's start with Huber. Alien Isolation. That, I'm shocked by that. Number one. Number one hyped. Cool. Cannot wait to play excellent. that with you guys. Excellent, excellent. Cannot wait. Blood, what's your, what are you most anticipating? Uh, I, I've... I think I'm gonna go with Crash Team Racing. Nice. Yeah, that I, I just wanted to do that. I, I started the adventure mode when the game came out, and then I just didn't get back. Oh, I got sucked into Bloodstain. Is what happened. Oh, okay, Makes understandable. Sense, so. uh, Blood and I will be playing through the entirety of Adventure Mode. Uh, ben, what are you most excited about? Um, man, there's a couple of things, but I think I'm most excited to show off Klonoa One on PS One. Nice. Yeah. Um. I'm excited for Rugrats Search for Reptar. Nice. Kyle, I'm really pumped for that. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I I played that game. I had that game, and so I'd love to. I haven't like revisited it since I was a kid. Is this the one with mini golf on the back of the box? I I don't I don't remember. Like I feel it, like I've, I had it when I was so young. I know. Man. I feel like I've picked it up and said I'm too cool for this, but I really want to play this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there was a moment where like, oh man, this looks so fun, but I'm cool teenager now. Sorry. And um, then you now you're. Cool 30-year-old man who's... Yeah, yep, my the, cool the cycles <laughs> 30s. <laughs> Ian Hank. Uh, Mario Maker, maybe? And also, I'm excited to check out Adventures of Cookies and Cream, because just like, <laughs> what the hell? Sure. <laughs> All right, D- Daniel Bloodworth, you won this week's bet. You get the right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you would like to promote. You get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. And you get the final word. Anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head, take it away. Um, yeah, my Twitter handle is at dbloodworth2. Uh, we already covered uh, Easy Living. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's definitely the, the thing to look forward to. So we'll see you this How weekend. How can I find it if I miss it? Uh, so we also have a secondary uh, channel, youtube.com slash easyalliesplays. Uh, and uh, I'll probably try to start uploading some archives from that, like somewhere in like the 
second day or Sunday or something like that. So, yeah, either late Saturday or Sunday, I'll, I'll start moving that stuff over there. So Cool. You, you may be able to see some in the beginning before the weekend is up, Neat. even though we'll still be live. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, last week uh, I did a, a, a patron pitch, um, and uh, I, I, I went pretty well with it. I think uh, Jones went pretty well. There's one, one person who, who took a little bit of offense, and we had a little conversation in the YouTube comments. And uh, they, they, they basically took it as I was, you know, giving – all the credit to the people that have given a lot of a lot of money and like didn't value the people that have been giving one dollar or five dollars and that's not that's not my my intention at all no. uh, uh, all of those people are amazing <laughs> everyone that's given one dollar if you've just been giving one dollar for three years that's awesome that's a, actually a lot of dollars when you add it up um, and uh, I totally yeah I believe very much in the the power of, of numbers and like that's kind of my dream one day would be like we just run this whole company and everyone's just giving one dollar and that would be awesome uh so so yeah so i wanted to to clarify that uh and encourage you to to join that the the patreon and and keep everything running and keep us growing and uh, we'll see you before the next blood moon rises What I'm not a humongous fan of is Final Fantasy VII. What I am a huge fan of is marketing campaigns. Sexy.